0: Welcome to Growth Group Audio Support for Sunday, January 10th, 2016, week number one of our winter quarter. This week, we continue our series, Route 66, A Road Trip Across the Bible, with our message entitled, 2 Corinthians. Hey, Tim. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing good. We're jumping back into a winter quarter, a winter 10-week quarter that we're starting up this week, and doing good. Coming back after some holidays and time away, and we had a, uh, this ideal trip planned to Orange County for our family to go visit our immediate family, Robin and I's parents down there, and we both ended up getting sick on this trip, and I was in bed a few days, and she was in bed the other few, so it was not quite what we expected, but um, still a good time with family and friends, and everybody's back to healthy now and back in school and stuff, so, uh, but good holidays. How about you?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's been a push. Yeah. 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 <coughs> Got a little tickle in my throat. Um, no, we're doing well as a family. Had a had a great holiday season. We, I pretty much stayed in town. My wife went down to San Diego for a few days with our kids, but um, it's felt busy. I uh, traditionally have taken some time off after Christmas and haven't really done that, so we're pushing ahead, yeah. and I'm feeling that a little bit, so uh, trusting the Lord in that and uh, persevering, but uh, feeling a little a little tired, yeah. which I think is a good setup for our, <laughs> Our introduction. Yeah, it is.
0: Today we really wanted to, and you'll see in the email I'm sending out to you guys this week, uh, just even a bit of honesty and showing my own underbelly is, you know, you come to a new quarter as a shepherd and uh, sometimes, not every quarter, but some quarters I come to him and you're thinking about week one and you're thinking, you know, can I do this again? Can we clean the house one more week before everybody gets here? Can we prep the questions, you know, to get ready? Can I listen to an audio again? And, and then uh, have everybody come and actually lead a group too. And, uh, you know, wondering, can I do this again? Can we do it if you lead us with your wife as a couple or, you know, can we do this again if we're, if you're hosting to at your house? Um, so I thought we'd just take a moment just to uh, pause and, and reflect again on how important what it is that our shepherds do uh, as, as you and I even have led groups and shepherd groups as well. We're right in that with our shepherds.
1: For sure. I think, I think part of that feeling is winter too. I think winter yeah. is a time when, <laughs> when, um, there's a, I don't know, I, I, I feel um a little less energetic during the winter. I don't know, maybe it's the I'm really excited about the rain and stuff, but Yeah, it makes you feel like you want to stay in bed, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Um and it's yeah, it's cold and rainy and um so I feel some of that and um yeah, holidays can be busy, and it can feel like a lot. Yeah, I can feel the
0: same way, too. It just feels like, you know, you come out of a busy season, spend time with family and the business of holidays, and uh, you're supposed to rest, but sometimes you don't feel as rested when it's over. So, um, you know, I, I'm writing an email to our shepherds today that, you know, As we gather with our people each week, I mean, this is really what we're called to do as God's people. We think of Acts 2. They gather, they open the Word, they break bread together, they pray for one another, they share their life together. What you do as shepherds is so vital and so important as leaders in our church, as we see you as leaders, um, as we care for people in our church and and open the Word of God week in and week out. um, It's more of a long game as I look at it.
1: There's nothing that's more vital in the life of our church right now than our growth group ministry. So, Growth Group Shepherds, you're on the front lines, we value you, um, we see the, the service and the sacrifice you're providing as just so critical for the life of our church, and um, You know, there's so many things that happen in the context of a growth group. You know, so there's 50 of these things across our church. You know, we've got, you know, there's care that happens. Mm -hmm. There's, there's, we're we're doing the spiritual disciplines. We're opening God's word. We're, you know, uh, praying together. We're praying for one another. Um, There's assimilation that's happening. uh, Definitely. As people, you know, just just connect to these groups and really it makes our church sticky we often use that term um, you know real needs are getting met I, I always just am so jazzed to hear about growth groups that are rallying to care for a hurting mm-hmm. member mm-hmm. and so this is we're living the gospel yeah. as we do this thing this is you know it's providing a setting where we can work out our salvation with fear and trembling where we can work the gospel in like we talked about last week mm-hmm. so um, th- these groups you know they're the most exciting, most vibrant, most, most vital thing that's happening in our church. So mm-hmm. um, just remember that. Keep that in mind. I think the other thing that comes to my mind is that if it feels like a sacrifice, there's, there's a reason for that. It is a yeah. sacrifice. You are giving. You're, you're pouring out. Um, Paul, you know, it so fits with this letter of 2 Corinthians, which we're going to talk about in a second. But Paul, Paul talks about, you know, I, I'm happy to be spent. For you, mm-hmm. Corinthians, you know, he's, there's this, just, just this warm affection uh, from Paul towards the Corinthians. And um, he says, you know, he talks about spending his life, mm-hmm. being spent for them. And um, but that's reality. Yeah. That's that's reality. So you, it is a sacrifice. It is a service. And there's something, you know, I, I think there's something helpful about acknowledging that, leaning into that. I think it's worth it. Our hope and prayer for mm-hmm. you is that you see the fruit, you experience the fruit of um, shepherding your group. That, mm-hmm. And you got to look for the fruit sometimes. you got to do a fruit right. fruit inspection. And, and
0: well, and I know also there's seasons for fruit, yep. too. You, yep. may, there you may be in a group there right is. now that's just jamming, and just you see people, you know, you're clicking, you're, you're growing together, you're loving gathering. You might be in a group that's just might sort be of a starting. Winter. Yeah. yeah, it might be a winter of yeah. your group. And, you know, I'm always you know convinced, every even those weeks when I'm like, even come down to the week and people are ready to come and I look at my wife and I'm like, I don't feel like doing this tonight. Inevitably, at the end of that night I go back to her and I go, aren't you glad we did it? Aren't you glad we had it? Aren't you glad everybody came over and you leave? You know, something happens. The the Holy Spirit uses something that night. God works in some way. Or somebody says something or shares something that encourages everybody. And uh, so I've just seen the fruit of that week in
1: and week out now, uh, quarter after quarter of doing growth groups. I think that that's life. I think that that's ministry. That's Sunday mornings for me. You know, (laughs) I feel that. I'm sure you feel that in college ministry. Um, you know, it's about executing week after week after week, and there's a compounding impact to that. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we're 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 plowing forward. We're in it with you. Hopefully, you feel yeah, that. We are. And, um, you know, not only in terms of what we're doing here on Thursday mornings by providing the training, uh, the preparation, the preaching, but also we're in growth groups ourselves. Right. And, you know, Susie and I were looking at each other doing this exact same. Like, wow, we got a really busy January, February. I have two boys playing basketball. Mm-hmm. They're going to have night games. It's going to be crazy. It's <laughs> I be just crazy. sent my
0: email before I walked in Tim's office to my growth group saying, hey, we're back on this week. Here's what we're doing. So yep. we are right in there with you.
1: Yep. Yep. Please, please know that. Remember that. and. Uh, I, I don't know. I think there's, it's helpful knowing that, too. Like, I think about that. You know, we pray, and we, we try to integrate that in the prayer time, too. Is Like, let's pray for one another in our growth groups. You know, let's mm-hmm. remember that we're not the only home group meeting. And um, I don't know. I think that's helpful, just recognizing, wow, we're part of something that's bigger than ourselves, and this is happening across our... Our church—it's exciting. Yeah. So Paul—he's sticking with it in Second
0: Corinthians as we transition to our book. This is the second letter we have, but maybe one of four even. So that we, we don't have the other two, maybe. But so where are we headed with Second Corinthians this week? And I uh, want you to give us a little uh, in- insight into where we're heading.
1: Yeah. So as we said last week, the church at Corinth is probably the messiest in all the New Testament. It seems to have the most issues, and I think you know it's kind of like a a troubled child. You know, I think a parent who has a troubled chi- child, I often, their heart goes out to that child. Yeah. You know, Tim Keller makes a statement that, a that a mother is only as happy as their least happy oh, yeah. child. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, that, that, so we, we see Paul's heart as he struggles and strives with this church at Corinth. And, you know, he, he doesn't give up on them. So this is interesting. It's further along, a couple years down the line probably. Um, I think it's really intriguing that there were four letters. We only have two that God only saw yeah, fit so to strange. preserve two letters for us. This is God's word. The other two apparently were not God's word because he didn't preserve them. I mean, that just raises all sorts of in- interesting issues. We, we won't get into too much of that in the message. Um, the letter itself is a strange. Um, the structure is kind of interesting. There's there's some there's some scholarly debate about um, sort of how this book is put together. Again, I, I won't go into too much of this in the message, but um, there's some suggestion that perhaps this was two letters combined. And or that something happened um, after you know sort of between chapter nine and ten, like maybe maybe Paul got some additional information because there seems to be a, a change in tone. You know, the the beginning, the first nine chapters of the book seem to be pretty warm. The last four chapters, chapters uh, 10 through 13, Mm -hmm. are um, there's a harsher tone. There seems to be more defensiveness. So it's an interesting letter. And yet, having said all that, I just think that um, there's some gems here. There's some fantastic, treasured material in Mm -hmm. the book. So really, um, I think... In general, what's happening in this book, and I and I'll talk about this, is that Paul is defending himself um, to the Corinthian church. You know, we talked last last week about how they were kind of enamored with these slick teachers. Right. We have more of that in Second Corinthians. That problem persists, and um, Paul mentions these super apostles in the later chapters and. Um, He's, he's really comparing himself with them, and so he's defending his ministry. And I think in his defense of the ministry, the way he does that is by taking them further into the gospel, helping them—he's helping them, trying to help them understand the, the true nature of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about um, the gospel way— and um, this what, what he's pointing them to, so uh, I think what w- I'm, we're going to talk about um, how the gospel is the way of faith, not sight, how the gospel is the way of comfort in affliction, and how the gospel is the way of strength through weakness all counterintuitive totally counterintuitive, countercultural, mm-hmm. um, just not what you expect. you know the gospel is this shocking thing it's a way it's not only a, a body of truth that we believe, but it's a way that we live. Mm-hmm. And that's why I use the word way. And um, so I'm intrigued by all these ideas. I think there's a ton to talk about here. Um, and so we're going to do that. And um, hopefully it's going to take us deeper into the gospel as well. I think, I think there's a little bit of the Corinthians in all of us. Mm-hmm. And so um, what Paul says here about these gospel ideas, these gospel dimensions, I think is... Um, really needed for us. You know, we're all at different places in our traveling on the way. Um, But wherever we're at, I think these are great reminders or, you know, new concepts for us. Either way, I think they're really, really valuable. I'm really challenged as I've sat in them, um, just thinking about, you know, these things. And so... uh, I, I, I really, it was interesting, as I was prepping, I was thinking that I'm so glad that our growth groups are meeting this week, because I really want these concepts talked out, and um, we're going to have a chance to do that in our growth group. So, fired up That's providentially the Lord set us up to, yeah. to jump into winter growth groups um, for our Second Corinthians discussion. It's great. All
0: right, let's do some questions. On this first week of Winter Growth Groups, take time to connect, share highlights, and happenings from the holidays. If there are new folks joining your group, take time to introduce yourselves and welcome them. Can't encourage that enough. Just check in with everybody as you start your group again. And, I mean, a simple icebreaker how are your holidays? What are some highs and lows? Or what'd you do? Or where'd you go? I uh, really encourage that.
1: Yep, so, so vital. You know, that's what these groups are all about. Let's lead with relationship. We always talk about this, that the purpose of growth groups is. You know, really our connection with one another, our care for one another. Yes, the other elements are really important, but they happen in the context of relationships. So right. please, depending on how you're bent, you know, your, your personality, some of us are so content driven that our temptation is going to be jumped jump right into the material. Mm-hmm. And um, we want to really challenge you to, to make time and space, uh, make, make connecting a priority.
0: All right, question one. What was your reaction to the Second Corinthians letter and Sunday's message? Any personal takeaways from this study?
1: Um, so if you—or do we have some new shepherds?
0: Uh, a couple, yeah. Okay, so
1: if you're a new shepherd or if you're a, a, a weathered, uh, experienced shepherd, just a reminder, we always have sort of a pulse-taking question. It's, it's. I think it's really helpful. It's one I would pro you know. Let's say it uh, at the beginning of a new quarter. We do not expect you to get through all this material, um, even all these questions. And in fact, five, six and seven uh, we'll see are really, uh, I would say, maybe pick one or two, not all three, because mm-hmm. they are, mul- are multiple uh, there's multiple questions in each question and each one sort of highlights one major point of the message. Okay. Um, so but but the first question is meant to be just give you a read on your group. So I wouldn't skip question number one. I think it's just a good way to open your discussion, get people talking, um, and that may take you in a direction that you didn't expect and allow you to feel out where your group is.
0: Question two, share together about what you know and remember about the background and setup for Paul's letter to the Corinthians. When and why does he write this second letter?
1: Yeah, so this is just getting you talking about, okay, these were born out of, you know, these this, these mi- missionary journeys, and, um, you know, this is a letter. This is a letter to real people. It's addressing real circumstances. Yeah. You know, what do you remember? I'll do some review in terms of the Corinthian situation in the message, so just um, discuss what you remember. Uh, it's meant to set a backdrop, and uh, question number three is about that, too.
0: It is. Question three says the church at Corinth is a mess! Exclamation point there. Specifically, the Corinthian Christians are enamored with so-called super apostles. Read chapter two. Uh, oh. Sorry, read Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verses one through twenty. What does Paul say about these super apostles?
1: Yeah, so I think that's a great um, text to sort of get a. You know, just dive into this idea um, of these super apostles. The term they're called super apostles twice there, but then he also calls them in verse thirteen false apostles. So you know, you can we can sort of read between the lines and piece together some of the characteristics of these quote super apostles. I I um, I think that uh, let's see there was a section here that i liked um uh, verse 20 for if you bear it uh, for you bear it if someone makes you a slave or devours you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or strikes you in the face he's saying something there about them so this whole section is about um the super apostles and um sort of their characteristics so Draw a portrait of these super apostles. Talk about the characteristics that Paul is mentioning here.
0: It's good. All right, question four. What do we mean when we call the gospel quote away? What do we mean when we call the gospel counterintuitive? And what do we mean when we call the go- gospel countercultural? So away, counterintuitive, and countercultural. Yeah.
1: So this is really a define our terms um, right. sort of question. I think that's important. And I think this is you know remember you got you got people across the spectrum probably an educational spectrum you know um if you're i, I want to explain these terms to my family you know mm-hmm. we have kids sitting in the service and so um a way, this idea of a way is that you know as i said the gospel is not just a body of truth we believe but it's a way that we live mm-hmm. um it's a way of living um that you know and I, I didn't make that up i mean it's not referenced here in corinthians but um in the book of acts it 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 Refers the to the way. church, people of the way. Yeah. You know, we're people of the way, and so um, I like that term. I think it it speaks of process, mm-hmm. and it speaks of um, just just ongoing. You know, speaks of a journey, and discipleship, discipleship, Long, yeah. ongoing, longer, yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, that's the way. Um, counterintuitive, really, is um, it 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 it's strange. Um, it it doesn't seem seems counter our reason, um, doesn't seem to make sense to us. It's, it's different than what we might naturally think. Yeah, um, kind of paradoxical. Kind paradoxical, it's a great word. I actually had that word somewhere in my notes. Um, and then countercultural is, you know, sort of contra- otherworldly, contrary to the world's yeah. ideas. Um, so I, I think these are really powerful terms. And um, the gospel, I mean... Nowhere is that seen more clearly than, than in this Corinthian correspondence you know in the, in the first letter it was all about you know god 's wisdom versus the world 's wisdom yeah. foolishness you know um, that the gospel is foolishness to those that are perishing right. um, so we have a lot of that here uh, too in in the book of second Corinthians because the Corinthians are still worldly they 're still you know they 're still sort of they 're in the midst of a cultural captivity they they 're they're taken away and and overly impressed with these um, these guys who put on airs and this sophistry, this you know sophists, these these guys who are into worldly wisdom. And mm. I, I think they're slick and smooth mm-hmm. and you know they, the, the sort of the critique of Paul and he references it here at the end of the book is that you know that he's um, pretty. Uh, hot in his letters, but unimpressive in person in yeah. person right you know and so um, I think uh, these super apostles were the opposite they They made a very, very good impression, and in fact, they charged for the preaching of the gospel that 's mm-hmm. another thing that we uh, know about them so um, paul 's ministry was uh, countercultural mm-hmm. very, very different than than that, and so th- those terms I think are important. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, I think they're great. I think you can you use them in your groups too, and even How, they, how is it even seen counterintuitive and countercultural in our, in our culture today? So great question. Question five. Read First Corinthians, uh, second Corinthians 4:16 through 5:17. How do you see uh, in yourself a natural bent to live for or by and judge by sight? What does it practically mean to walk by faith, not by sight? And why is that countercultural and
1: counterintuitive? Okay, so questions five, six, and seven all have to do with the main points of the message. Just write down in order. So, you know, we're talking about that the gospel is a way uh, that we walk by faith, not by sight. So that's question number five. So it just goes down the line. So um, you might, you know, h- here's one way to approach this as a shepherd is you can open it up to your group and say, hey, look at those three points. Which one do you want to focus on? Yeah. You can make that choice yourself as a shepherd. So each of <laughs> each five, six, and seven are sets of questions related to the three main points of the message.
0: Gotcha. So number Does five goes to point number one, right. six goes to point number two and number seven goes to point number three you got it
1: okay so um so i think it's unrealistic to probably get to all three of those because there's multiple sets of questions yeah they're full yes but question number five is about that first idea of walking by faith not by sight Um, so the you know read the text which has to do with that idea um and then the questions are, you know, how do you see in yourself a natural bent mm-hmm. to live by and judge by sight? Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about that. You know, um, how do how, how do we do that? You know, so so the the um, Corinthians were into the appearance of these guys. Right. You know, um, and Paul <laughs> says that he judged Christ by the, according to the flesh, and Christ is unimpressive according to the flesh. Yeah. You know, and so we we all do this, and and he's also talking about um, eternity, things that would are seen and things that are not seen. So this whole section here is about this contrast between, you know, what's seen and what's not seen, the way we see, the way we judge, the way we live, and uh, so. Uh, you know this first question is okay how how do we live by sight and not by faith Mm -hmm. how are we tempted to do that what does that look like in our lives and then what does it practically mean to walk by faith not by sight you know if we're called to do the opposite then what's that look like and why is that countercultural and counterintuitive so I just want you to sit in that concept in this question of walking by faith not by sight play with it turn it over and um, you know i'm going to talk about you know our natural bent is to live by sight not by Mm faith but we're called to do the opposite so what's that look like and how do we move that direction
0: question six read first corinthians one three through second corinthians one three through eleven how do you see in yourself a natural bent to avoid and eliminate affliction from your life what are examples of affliction what does it practically mean to embrace our affliction and there's a couple more there at the top too. Oh, what does our affliction make us do in verse nine? Why is that countercultural and counterintuitive? Week one, here we're getting back into yeah. this yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So um, this again, this is now point two. You know, uh, there's there's Paul has all this stuff about affliction in here and how we're comforted in affliction, mm-hmm. and it's real clear that you know this is so contrary to our thinking too you know in general we're trying to avoid eliminate affliction from mm-hmm. our lives so affliction would be hardship trials um, the hard stuff of life we don't like it we try to avoid it paul has this totally radically counterintuitive countercultural approach right he seems to, he he talks a lot about his, his affliction and how god uses it and how god meets him in affliction and what this affliction uh Accomplishes. So in uh, verse 9 of chapter 1, he talks about how God gives this affliction so that they will rely on God. Uh, who raises the dead, mm-hmm. and um, just how what God accomplishes through this affliction. He talks about being joyful in affliction later in the book. And so, just again, this is a concept to turn over, to, to talk out, to sit in as a group. All right, so what's your approach to affliction? I mean, how in what ways do you try to avoid it, eliminate mm-hmm. it from your life? And then, you know, if we're called to actually embrace it as something God uses in our lives, what's that look like? And how yeah. do we do that? Um, I think the Psalms
0: give us a good picture of that. Yeah. As you discuss and look at, you know, David facing that affliction, using it to bring him to his knees and bring him to God. And like you said, it, it, like it shows us uh, our own shortcomings and it removes the kind of facade that we're self-sufficient on our own.
1: Yeah, Paul embraced it as a way to push forward the gospel. He says, "I carry around the dying, the the death of Jesus in my body." Mm-hmm. You know, so he's not he's not just like, um, like okay with it. He's he's embracing it. He's entering into affliction. It seems to me in a personal way, in order to push the gospel forward yes. for the good of these. You know, and that's really challenging. So whether it's hosting a growth group, shepherding a growth group, I mean, if that's a form of affliction for you, I mean, it's hard. There's some sacrifice involved in that. There's, that, that can be hard. Mm-hmm. That can be a sacrifice. So Paul would say, good for you. Mm-hmm. You are pushing forward the gospel um, through your affliction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're going to spend a weekend away from your family. I mean, for the sake of college students. Right, Winter Retreat this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Winter yeah, and, that's
0: exactly right. You know,
1: you're that, I'm sure you're aware. You feel that. Your wife feels that mm-hmm. that. Ah, it's a weekend away from the family, and it's a lot of work going into it. Mm-hmm. And Paul would say, "Good for you. Mm-hmm. You're 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 in the way of the gospel." Mm-hmm. So, um, again, this is so countercultural, counterintuitive because we are all laboring for our own ease, generally. Mm-hmm. And Paul was just so about something else
0: and it's definitely what our culture encourages us to do is yeah. you think of counterculture you yeah. think of advertising or you know different messages that are you're, you're yep.
1: bombarded with yep you know? yep you know pad your nest you know feather your nest you know build your security um stroke yourself enjoy yourself pleasure mm-hmm. yourself you know and paul paul's doing the opposite mm-hmm. i mean that's why this is so challenging and um you know, but he's, I think he
0: ends up with a richer, deeper joy sure. than any of for those sure. that um, for sure. seek it in you know, yep. other things.
1: Yep. The other yeah. things aren't satisfying. So, yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Let's do our last question. Question seven. Read Second Corinthians 1, 30 through 12. Uh, is that supposed to be 11, 30?
1: Yes. That's okay. Read 2 Corinthians
0: 11.30 through 12.10. How do you see in yourself a natural bent to hide or despise your weaknesses? And what does Paul say our weaknesses are uh, for in 12.9 through 10? What does it practically look like to delight in our weaknesses? And why is that countercultural and counterintuitive?
1: Yep. So, again, this is just another one of these weird gospel concepts yep. we're talking about, Take you know, turning over together and um, sitting in. So, yeah. Um, you know, Paul pu- says radical, some radical stuff about his own weaknesses. I mean, uh, we, I, so so we're beginning here as, you know, this is what we're doing. This is the pattern of the message is we're beginning here with, okay, w- w- how, how do we normally think about our weaknesses?
0: <laughs> Cover them up, hide
1: them, hide do whatever we can, them, airbrush and them. And we despise them. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know. In every way we're trying to do that
0: I think about it you know at home with my spouse or at your workplace yep. or
1: the people you're you in know, the church
0: yeah at the church it's like it's just that is natural
1: yeah and so Paul has this extended passage then uh, again on sort of his approach to weaknesses um, he says in verse 30 of chapter 11, "If I must boast I will boast of the things that show my weakness you know um, chapter 12 verse 9. God said to him with this thorn in the flesh, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Mm -hmm. I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest on me. Mm -hmm. So, again, super countercultural, super Mm counterintuitive. Paul's saying, you know, and so, so again, the backdrop is these super apostles who aren't weak in any way. And so Paul's, you know, they're zigging and he's zagging, and he's saying, you know, they they look polished, they look like super apostles. I look like this weak apostle. I'm going to boast in my weakness because, you know, God's grace is sufficient to me. This is the way of the gospel that mm-hmm. God wants to show Himself in my weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and I'm sure the Corinthians just like us, they were scratching their heads, going, "What? Yeah, what? This is." crazy this is counterintuitive this is and then he finishes that
0: section when i'm weak then i am strong so he gets a strength that's way bigger than any strength he could ever find himself when he realizes the god of the world has me in his hand you know he's comforting me and he's there for me and he died for me yep it's just it is totally counterintuitive
1: yeah so just this idea of okay don't try to compensate or hide or despise your weakness what does it look like to embrace them? He says, I'm content in verse uh, 10, 10. But that word content actually sometimes is translated, I delight mm-hmm. in my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's more than content. I think he's saying, I glory in my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Right. I mean, so w- w- this has huge ramifications for us as a church. Mm-hmm. How do we create a community where we're embracing our weaknesses. For a growth growth group. Yeah, a growth group, for sure. Rather than hiding them. You know, let's start delighting in our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this, this again, this this idea, this, this, this set of questions is getting you thinking about that. That's good.
0: All right, we close with our Household Family Focus. For discussion in your household or with roommates or those you live with, discuss how these three gospel principles, walking by faith, not by sight, comfort and affliction, and strength through weaknesses are all countercultural and counterintuitive.
1: So, when I write this question, I, I think, what do I want to do with my family? And this is what I want to do with my family. Mm-hmm. Is I want to... Uh, this is this is a discussion we will have around our dinner table, and I hope that you will too. Yeah. And so, shepherds, challenge your people to take it home.
0: And our prayer time in light of Second Corinthians, our study together, and your shared prayer requests. Pray for one another that you may embrace, trust, and live this counter cultural gospel. Yep. All right. Shepard, just a reminder, this is week one. Uh, Janine sent an email out Wednesday to you, but I'll remind you again and in, in our email too to check your online roster to make sure that uh, you've contacted everybody and anybody new to your group. Let them know where they're meeting. We don't put that info online for obvious reasons. Um, so make sure you reach out to those in your group. Uh, and... Yeah, and, oh, and if your group still has openings, make sure you check early in the week next week, too, because uh, most of our sign-ups will happen this, some sign-ups will happen this Sunday as well and people, as people enroll. So keep checking if you have spots in your group into Monday and Tuesday next week and, and get a hold of people. Even Sunday afternoon, sometimes you need to get some up that quick. So um, And have a great quarter. Want to pray for us?
1: Yep. Lord, thanks for um, our shepherds, all that they give, um, how, how you've raised them up. They've been um, chosen by you. And called by you to mm. do what they do, uh, help them remember that this quarter. Uh, help us as a church lean in in the midst of a cold, blustery, rainy winter um, to gather together. And um, and uh, I just pray that even the weather might might push us together. Mm. And. Um, uh, that the quarter, you might bless it, that we might get the gospel in, that we might work it in and knead it into our lives as we talk together. I pray that you'd take us beyond superficialities and surface things, um, beyond appearances and sort of the, the hiding of our weaknesses, that you'd take us deeper this quarter, mm-hmm. um, that we would truly Uh, Open up our lives to each other, um, support one another, encourage one another, build up and edify one another. All these things that the Corinthian correspondence talks about. um, We just, we are members of one another. May we live that way this quarter, I pray. Uh, Just. Appreciating one another, loving one another. Uh, may we enter into that uh, more excellent way, that way of love, the way of the gospel. Uh, take us there, we ask and pray. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Jeff. Have a great quarter, Shepherds.